Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Before we get into Philip Rivers' retirement, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Philip Rivers officially retires from the National Football League. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2004 NFL Draft. He gets drafted by the New York Giants. The San Diego Chargers draft Eli Manning first overall. Manning doesn't want to play for the Chargers. And there's a trade between the Giants and the Chargers sending Phillip Rivers to San Diego to start his NFL career. He sits for the first two years in 04 and 05 behind future Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees. And then after the 2005 season, Brees gets hurt. And they decide to trade Drew Brees, obviously, to the New Orleans Saints, where he becomes a Super Bowl champion and goes off to have a Hall of Fame career. Phillip Rivers becomes the starter in 2006 for the San Diego Chargers, and the rest is history. Between the San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Indianapolis Colts, 240 career starts, 134 and 106 as a career record in the regular season, through 421 touchdown passes, which is fifth all time, 63,440 passing yards, which is also fifth all time, and 209 career interceptions, which is 23rd all time. So everybody wants to say Philip Rivers is a turnover machine. Well, he's fifth all time in touchdown passes and 23rd all time in interceptions. If you want to use an example, Brett Favre, fourth all time in touchdown passes, so one spot ahead of Philip Rivers, and first all time, 22 spots ahead of him in interceptions. So Philip Rivers has thrown a bunch of picks, yeah, for sure, 209 interceptions, but he's played in 240 career games. You look at Brett Favre, first all time in interceptions, and only one spot ahead of him in touchdown passes. So Philip Rivers put together for himself an incredible NFL career. He had a Hall of Fame career, and it's crazy because he gets drafted. He's sitting behind a Hall of Famer in Drew Brees. They trade Brees. Both guys go off to have Hall of Fame careers, and they were both in the same quarterback room for a couple of years there in San Diego. And then Rivers, of course, ends his career with the Indianapolis Colts, 11-5 his final year, 4,169 passing yards, a 68% completion percentage, 24 touchdown passes, 11 picks, and one lost fumble. So 24 touchdown passes, only 12 turnovers for a turnover machine that threw 20 picks last year. Everybody said he was going to come to Indianapolis and turn the ball over a bunch of times. He really didn't. Early in the season, he did. And then he started to get comfortable in the offense. He started to get comfortable with the run game, the offensive line, Reich and the coaching staff, his receivers, his tight ends. And he really finishes the season strong. We make a push for the playoffs. We get into the playoffs. And he had a great game against the Bills. For a 39-year-old man, I thought he played really well. He was not the reason we lost that game. And he was almost the reason we won that game in Buffalo against the Bills a couple weeks ago. So 11-5 makes the playoffs. Wild card berth. And you know what? He's not going out on top the way you would like to. He doesn't win a Super Bowl, and he retires now without a Super Bowl championship. He doesn't have a ring, and that sucks. But to go out on top, top, to go out with a Super Bowl is really tough. And not a lot of guys get a walk away like Peyton Manning, who didn't have any arm strength left and has a great defense and gets to win a Super Bowl and then retire on the top of the mountain. It's very, very rare. Brady might have a chance in a couple weeks, but that's very, very rare to see. And you could look at a guy like Drew Brees, who has a better career than Phillip Rivers, better career numbers, Super Bowl championship in 2009, but the way he's physically going out 
is kind of sad. Honestly, it's sad to watch. That game against Tampa was rough. Three picks. If that's his final game, that's a tough way to go out where you don't really look like you belong. And Phillip Rivers looks like he belongs. He looks like he could play another year and play at a high level and play maybe even at a higher level than he just played at in 2020. And you look at Roethlisberger, it was kind of ugly at the end. They started 11-0, and that was great. But then they finished really, really poor. And Breeze, the same thing. And I think Phillip Rivers, out of all those guys, has the most left in the tank. So physically, he gets to go out on top in terms of playing really well his final season. Much better than if he were to retire last year. Because think about it. Last year, he throws 20-plus picks. They don't make the playoffs. They go 5-11. and 11. That would have been a tough way to end your football career. So he kind of gets some redemption this year for the Colts. He shows the world that he wasn't finished. He could still play at a high level, a high enough level, to make the playoffs and compete against some of the top teams in the National Football League, beating the Green Bay Packers. So that was a statement win for him in his final season. Now he gets to ride off into the sunset, and he gets to do it on his terms. He gets to walk away relatively healthy after 240 career games, 252 if you include the playoffs. He had that turf toe this year, which he was working through, so maybe he needs surgery on that. Maybe he doesn't, but he'll work through that, and he'll get healed up as he goes off to coach at St. Michael's Catholic in Alabama as he closes this chapter of the NFL and now moves on to his post-playing career, which will be coaching at the high school level. And the big question, is Phillip Rivers a Hall of Famer? I think he absolutely is a Hall of Famer. He's fifth all-time in touchdown passes, fifth all-time in passing yards. The longevity, 240 career starts, made the playoffs seven times, eight-time Pro Bowler. I think he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Now, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? No, for a couple reasons. Number one, because Drew Brees is also going to most likely, in my opinion, retire this offseason. If Breeze retires, they're not going to put two quarterbacks in. So it's going to be Rivers versus Breeze. And unlike 2006, I think Breeze wins this one. Breeze is more of a Hall of Famer, or he at least should be on a higher ballot when it comes to head-to-head success, statistics, playoff success, championships. You look at Drew Breeze, and he won a Super Bowl. He made the playoffs more, more All-Pros, more Pro Bowls has more touchdown passes, has more passing yards, better career statistics. So I do think Drew Brees was the better player, and I really don't think that's debatable. I think he was the better player. I think he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. And then also Phillip Rivers, to people who are saying, why can't you put them both in? Well, usually you don't see more than one quarterback get in, and usually they like to do one player per position when it comes to Hall of Fame voting. You also look at these stats, and they're great, but, all time should be taken with a grain of salt because of the era. So 421 touchdown passes is incredible and it's fifth all time, but fifth all time is really fourth of his generation. You look at Manning, Brady, Breeze, guys he overlaps with, passes Marino. We all know Marino was the better quarterback. And then he kind of half overlaps with Brett Favre. So when you look at the four guys ahead of him, Brett Favre, who he splits a career with, Manning, who he overlaps with for the most part, Brady, who he entirely overlaps with, and Breeze, who he completely overlaps with besides sitting behind for a couple years, giving Breeze that head start in San Diego. So fifth all-time is incredible, but it's also fourth all-time or kind of fourth and a half all-time in your own era. So we do have to remember that when we look at these careers, and not just Philip Rivers, but really all these careers with the rule changes and the way the game has changed so much, throwing the ball downfield. It's just a different time 
in the NFL. And these guys are all blown by the numbers of the guys in the 80s and 90s and now even early 2000s as you look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing and Josh Allen, this next generation. By the time Phillip Rivers gets to the Hall of Fame, you're going to see some of these guys start to creep up to those numbers. And that doesn't take anything away from Rivers and what he did in his era and what he did when he was playing. But that's why I like to look at these guys at what they did when they retired. When they retired, where were they in their career numbers and their career statistics? And then a big knock Rivers is going to have is going to be the lack of playoff success. But to be fair, he was stuck in the AFC with Brady, Manning, and Roethlisberger, and all those guys had better teams. So Rivers makes the playoffs seven times. Obviously, he has seven playoff losses because he never won a Super Bowl. But five out of those seven playoff losses came against the Patriots. So you lose to Tom Brady in your first year as a starter in 2006. Then at Brady, the next year in an NFC Championship game on a torn ACL, in New England, on the road against Tom Brady, torn ACL, you're going up against the undefeated 18-0 New England Patriots who go on to lose in the Super Bowl, of course, to the New York Giants. But you're playing one of the great teams of all time. On a torn ACL, it was a relatively close game, and you throw three touchdown passes. Then at the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin and that Steelers team, at the Denver Broncos with Manning, and he goes 2-1 and one against Peyton Manning-led teams, and then at the Patriots again, with Tom Brady. So five out of the seven quarterbacks he lost to and the quarterback teams he lost to Brady, Brady, Roethlisberger, Manning, Brady, all those guys are going to be in the hall of fame. And then you look this year, he lost to Josh Allen and a really good bills team. Who's a week away from going to the super bowl. So when you look at his playoff lack of success, it's not really that fair to judge because if he's in the NFC, just like Jared Goff, and just like Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, he probably would have snuck his way into at least one, maybe multiple Super Bowls throughout the course of his career. But he was just stuck on teams that weren't the best teams playing in a loaded conference where you have the best quarterbacks. And from 2003 to 2018, you only had four quarterbacks win the AFC. You had Brady win it eight times, Manning win it four times, Roethlisberger win it three times, and Flacco win it once. And then last year in 2019, we saw Mahomes, and this year it'll either be Mahomes again or it'll be Josh Allen. So the AFC has really been dominated by a handful of quarterbacks. It's pretty much been dominated by Brady, Manning, and Roethlisberger. So I do believe that Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I think he has the numbers. I think he has the longevity. I think he has the Pro Bowls. I think he has enough Regular season success, winning 134 games, a 134 to 106 regular season record. I think he has enough of a resume to be a Hall of Famer. I do believe Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I just don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, especially if Drew Brees retires in the next couple of days or weeks. Because without Brees on the ballot, you could make the argument that Philip Rivers is first ballot. But as long as Breeze is on the ballot and retires in the same offseason, he's going to get the nod. And they're not going to put two quarterbacks in. But that doesn't take anything away from Phillip Rivers' career. And when you look at how it ends now with Rivers walking away on his own terms, I love the fact, and it's tough for me to say this because I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted... To see what else was out there. I want to go explore an option that might be better win now for the Colts. Which is trading for Matthew Stafford or trading for Matt Ryan. Plus 
they give you more years to look for a future quarterback. If you bring in Matthew Stafford, you might have five years before you have to worry about replacing him. If it's Matt Ryan, he's kind of in between where Stafford is and Rivers is. Maybe you could buy yourself two, three years. So I love those options. But at the same time, Rivers comes in, he wins 11 games, 4,000 passing yards, 68% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns, playoff berth, great performance against Buffalo. It would have been tough for me to tell Phillip, you can't come back. We're sorry, you can't come back. It would have been what you have to do. If you have a chance to trade for Stafford, you do it and you say, listen, Phil, it's a business. I'm sorry, man. We love you. We want you back, but we just have a better opportunity. But I love the fact that now we don't have to. But we do need to figure this out because we don't have that fallback plan. We don't have the security blanket of telling Phil no just in case we are not able to make a trade. Let's say the Lions want two first-round picks. We're not going to do that. Let's say the Falcons want a first-round pick. We're not going to do that. I'm not giving up a first-round pick for Matt Ryan. I'm not giving up multiple first-round picks or a first and multiple seconds for Stafford. So this really does put the Colts in more of a pickle where we have to figure out who's going to be our week one starter. It also now means that Frank Reich, his fourth year as the Colts head coach, is going to have a fourth starting quarterback. You go from Luck for 16 games to Bursette for 15 plus Hoyer for one to Rivers for 16 games. And now you're going to have a new starting quarterback. And then if you're Chris Ballard, you had Scott Tolzien start week one of 2017. So you're going to have your fifth week one starter if you're Chris Ballard. And then you're going to have your fourth full-time starting quarterback if you're Frank Reich, which is crazy. And I do think we saw the writing on the wall the entire time for Phillip Rivers, the way he got so emotional after that Buffalo loss. And then for Ballard to say in his press conference last week that I talked to Phil and he's not 100% sure. And just knowing Phillip Rivers and knowing his character, knowing his makeup and knowing what he's made out of, if Phillip Rivers isn't 100% sure, he's not going to play. And knowing Rivers, he's always been 100% sure. This is probably the first time in his life where he's actually doubted he's actually had any type of question. And at the time, I was still thinking he would come back. I was reading the writing on the wall differently. But now, knowing his decision and how quickly, in a timely manner, he made that decision, Ballard gave him a month, and I think he made the decision in about two weeks. He already has this deal set up with the high school in Alabama. So it seems like these were all moving parts where he knew for a while and he just wanted to be sure. And it wasn't a hundred percent sure of playing. I guess it turned into a hundred percent sure of not playing. Maybe he was 80% sure he would retire and he just needed that 20% to be sure that he wanted to retire rather than us thinking, or at least me thinking it's 80, 90% sure I want to play. And I have to figure out if I could get to a hundred, it was actually getting to a hundred in retirement now that we read the writing on the wall differently between the emotion after Buffalo, knowing that this was probably going to be his last game, even if the Colts want him back, he's probably going to retire and not being able to get to 100% certainty if he can make it back and play again at this level. And you're talking about one of the toughest players. And I can't stress that enough. Like we learned a lot about Philip Rivers this year in terms of his football IQ, how smart he was at the line of scrimmage, the type of leader he was. But one thing I always knew was his toughness. You don't start 240 career games consecutively, 252, including the playoffs and not be as tough as nails. I mean, Philip Rivers is one of the toughest quarterbacks in NFL history he plays this season. He plays through, and he plays some of his best football of the year through the turf toe, might need surgery on it. 
Just so incredibly tough, so incredibly durable. Love the game more than anybody or as much as you could possibly love the game. And that's why he's going to go share that now with these high school students in Alabama. And I'm just really, really happy we got to learn more about Phillip Rivers this year and we got to appreciate him more as Cole fans because as fans, you go through a lot of these guys' careers and you hate them as opponents. And I hated Phillip Rivers. I really hated him when he was with the Chargers. And I have this newfound appreciation for Rivers and for his football IQ and for his journey and his character and the type of man he is. And... I appreciate that now, and I appreciate him a lot more than I did when he was wearing that lightning bolt on the side of his helmet. So I've come full circle on Philip Rivers throughout the course of his career after beating us in the playoffs in 2007 up to present day and the toughness and the durability and the consistency and the numbers and everything he's been able to accomplish over the course of his career. Now Ballard has his work cut out for him, and he knew it already. There was a chance that Ballard says, Philip. We don't want you back. We can't have you back in Indianapolis because there's a better option out there. We have a chance to get Matt Stafford, and that's the direction we're going to go because he gives us four years, five years. So that was definitely a possibility. You look at the draft last year. Everything Ballard does is calculated. Ballard's always two steps ahead. Last year, Rivers wanted a two-year deal, and Ballard said, we're only going to give you a one-year deal, and you have to earn that second year. And I think Rivers did earn that second year in terms of his performance but his performance this year and having a chance to go get Stafford or somebody like that, I don't think it outweighed that. So Ballard was prepared all along to replace Phillip Rivers, whether it was Rivers' choice or Ballard's choice. Right now it looks like Rivers' choice, but it could end up being mutual if Ballard sees a guy that he wants to go get and he views as an upgrade in the present and the future over Phillip Rivers. So we'll see what the Colts do. We'll get more into that over the coming days and coming weeks. As we get into free agency, we get into the draft, and we get into all that fun stuff as the Colts look for their fourth starter in four years for Frank Reich, which is just insane to think of. We're like the Oklahoma Sooners now, going from Mayfield to Murray to Hertz to Rattler or whatever the guy this year was. We're going to have our fourth quarterback, our fourth starting quarterback, and hopefully this one has some stability for a while because we need to get at least 32 starts ahead of our next quarterback before we hopefully eventually find that franchise guy where we could bring a guy in and they could be a franchise quarterback for 10 years. That's not easy to do. You need to be patient, but hopefully that guy's coming. And we've definitely been spoiled as a franchise going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. And even this one year out of Phillip Rivers was really a nice year we got out of Rivers. So I appreciate Phillip Rivers. I appreciate the one-year deal. I thought that the team got what we wanted out of him. We got what we needed out of him. 11-5, 11-5, went to the playoffs, and now Phillip Rivers has a chance to go coach down in Alabama where he was born and raised, where he played high school football, and he'll be coaching at St. Michael's Catholic, which is really a testament to him, and he has so much to offer, so much to teach the young players, especially the guys on offense and especially the quarterback, whatever quarterback, the starter quarterback at St. Michael's Catholic, and St. Michael sounds regional, so If your kid lives in that area, send them right now. And they play quarterback, send them to St. Michael's Catholic because you're better off sitting on the bench for that team, learning from Phillip Rivers as a coach, than you are playing at a school that has a regular coach because Phillip Rivers has a lot to offer, a lot of knowledge. And the pre-snap reads by that high school quarterback, he's going to be miles ahead of every other kid playing in that county and that state for that matter. So, again, congratulations to Phillip Rivers. 
a 17 season career for number 17, 15 as a starter, 240 career starts, 252, including the playoffs, 134 wins, 421 touchdown passes, fifth all time, 63,440 passing yards, which is also fifth all time. Phillip Rivers, one of the all time great quarterbacks. I would put him in my top 15. He's a Hall of Famer, some incredible numbers, the durability, the consistency, the longevity calling it a career after 17 years in the league at 39 years of age. Phillip Rivers, we will miss you in Indianapolis. I know they miss you in San Diego and Los Angeles as well. Phillip Rivers, one of the all-time great NFL quarterbacks, retiring from the National Football League after 17 seasons. And guys, we will be back later this week with our 2020 season review. We're going to give away some awards like Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Team MVP, all that fun stuff. So we're going to get into that. This week, possibly tomorrow, hopefully no more players retire before we get that up because we've already lost our left tackle and now our quarterback to retirement. So hopefully no more players retire. We're going to get that podcast up, our 2020 season review, going over the 11-5 season, the 2020 season, getting into the playoffs, making the playoffs, and ultimately coming up short against the Buffalo Bills. So that'll be later this week right here on the For the Culture Podcast.